This edition of Ag Life is presented by Bear Crop Science. This is Ag Life on Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Here is Bob Quinn. Good morning, Valley. This is Ag Life. My name is Bob Quinn with you for the next hour. We're talking about agricultural production here in the Valley and all across the country. Well, friends, USDA is boosting investment in export market promotion and international food aid. Gary Crawford starts us off this morning with a report out of the USDA. With a farm bill that has expired with no clear path on that score and with still no federal budget set, the Agriculture Department's going to use $1.3 billion of last fiscal year's Commodity Credit Corporation funds to keep certain USDA international trade programs operating, specifically the Regional Agricultural Promotion Program. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack told reporters, We're looking to utilize these resources to continue to expand our efforts in terms of trade promotion in non-traditional markets. Uh, This will complement our existing trade promotion programs as we await Congress's action on both the budget and the farm bill. Bilzak said the U.S. faces growing competition as it tries to sell its food and ag products around the world, and so it's essential to keep our export promotion programs going as much as possible. It's clear uh, to us that uh, the key uh, to trade opportunities involves uh, making sure that we continue to support uh, people in country uh, who are uh, representing and working for the United States and the United States agriculture uh, to promote uh, our goods and products. Uh, it's important that we continue to have a presence uh, in those key uh, agricultural market areas. It's important for us to continue to do the trade missions, which we've done on an expanded basis uh, in a number of traditional, but also in a number of non-traditional market opportunities to continue the diversification effort. Uh, it's also critically important that we continue to provide resources for promotions, uh, working with our uh, cooperative groups across the world uh, to make sure that customers and countries across the world are aware of the quality, the quantity, the safety, and the affordability of, of American agricultural exports. Of course, some countries cannot afford to buy all the food they need, and so in addition to the $1 billion investment in export promotion efforts to sell products... We're also announcing an additional billion dollars that will be allocated for responding to the global food insecurity challenges we face across the world uh, and providing resources for us to, uh, to essentially make commodity donations. This would involve USDA buying products from U.S. farmers and food companies to then be donated to help alleviate food insecurity for people around the world. We think this will obviously also provide some additional boost to our own commodity markets uh, and producers. In Washington, Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Well, friends, coming up, we have a look at the Farm Bill and its lack of progress moving forward. Also ahead, economic outlooks for both cattle and hog production. Those stories and more farm news coming up. You're listening to Ag Life. <laughs> This is Ag Life on Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Bob Quinn back with some farm news this morning, friends. Well, a temporary spending bill to avert a government shutdown this month is looking more like the legislative vehicle to extend the already expired farm bill. But one ag senator says farmers shouldn't look for any extra help. Iowa's Chuck Grassley says an extension is coming. If the continued resolution takes us into next year, or into December, I guess you're going to have to have the extension uh, on this continuing resolution. 
given its unlikely 12 appropriations bill will be passed by then, but still in question is the length of any farm bill extension. Some have proposed 18 months to get the farm bill out of this Congress, but not Grassley. I think that it won't be 18 months because that goes beyond uh, the tenure of Chairman Stabenow, and I'm sure she's going to want a farm bill left before she a pass before she leaves Congress. Grassley's predicted a one-year extension, but adds it won't likely include interim relief to fix outdated price supports and triggers. Whether it's the farm bill or higher education or anything else that needs to be extended uh, in a continued resolution, it's pretty darn hard to get any changes made. I'm not arguing with the fact that they need more, but if you start making changes... I don't know where you stop. Others, including the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, have suggested there could be adjustments. Well, friends, Partners for Production Agriculture's economist Dr. Steve Meyer says pig farmers have been dealing with losses worse than in 1998. The real problem right now is that the prospects for next year are not a lot better. They're better, but not not anywhere near good. Uh, we have three situations that have one or more of three things have to change. We either have to get costs down, we have to get demand up, or we have to get supplies tightened. One of the three. Of the three that Meyer listed, pork producers are only responsible for supplying the pigs. The costs are going to go down a bit from where they are this year, but they're still not going to be very low. I've, my model has $90 break-evens for that low-cost 25% of producers, and so that would put... Uh, uh, the average producer somewhere in the 96 range for next year. And if you look at the futures market, there aren't any profitable prices on there right now. Dr. Meyer said wholesale demand has strengthened since summer, but won't be going back to 2021-2022 levels, which means supplies need to be reduced. And even there we face some headwinds in that productivity has started growing again rapidly the last two quarters, 3.3% and 4.2% on pig saved per litter in the last two hogs and pigs report. And so if you're raising more pigs per litter, then you've got to cut, uh, you've got to cut your sow herd even farther than what you thought. Shining Light has been the third best year for exports, and we'll see growth with the Europeans cutting back on production. Dr. Steve Meyer joining us this morning. Let's look at cattle now, friends. A swing in cattle inventories is coming as the market shifts to rebuilding herds. Michael Clements has that story for us. USDA released a bearish cattle on feed report in October, showing cattle on feed at 11.5 million head, the second highest figure on record. Barrett Nelson, American Farm Bureau Federation economist, explains what this means for cattle markets going forward. We have a lot of cattle that are being placed on feed, and a very high percentage, near 40% of those cattle are still heifers. In the short run, this means that we're going to have a very high supply of cattle coming to market at one point in time. But in the long run, this takes takes a lot of cattle out of the market that could have otherwise been held back for replacements. Replacements are what help rebuild herds following a dip in herd size. Replacement heifers are basically the planting intentions of the cattle business. So when we have less of those replacement heifers being held back to produce calves, we ultimately have a smaller inventory. We've been going through this for a couple of years now, but now as this happens, we're looking at 2024 at the earliest before we can even consider starting to replace this cattle herd. 
Nelson says consumers will likely feel the pinch of higher beef prices next year. So what this means for consumers is record beef prices in 2024 and 2025. A lot of the economy situations, we're talking about recession, we're still talking about inflation and where our money's at, are going to dictate the ability of the economy to sustain these high beef prices or if consumers will start switching over to other substitutes like pork and chicken. Learn more on the Market Intel page at FB.org. Michael Clements, Washington. Some farm news this morning. You're listening to Ag Life. This is Dairy Radio Now. I'm John Clark, traveling the countryside for Feedworks USA. Today, we're with Taylor Pelcher, who is a workforce development specialist with the Dairy and Foods Processing in New York State. Taylor, welcome. Tell us a little bit about your job. Recently hired for this position as it's a new program. We're approached by the different processing plants across the state with a need to grow the workforce so that these plants can be efficiently run. Also, you have some resources that you really direct them towards. Absolutely. So the team at Cornell had hosted what they called a boot camp. It was a three-day educational opportunity, and they worked to educate students on different content from food safety to general manufacturing practices. With that, they found that this was absolutely a need, and they applied for some different grants and that is how we're able to be hired to become workforce specialists for this initiative. Who are the students? The students, uh, generally speaking, are any job seeker, anyone that's under or unemployed. It could be a high school graduate. It could be a college graduate. Anyone that's in search of a job. You must have learned a lot through this process. Absolutely. One of the things that we've found, these potential employees are interested in the work that these plants provide. However, they're are potentially barriers that are inhibiting them from taking these positions. It's like transportation. Maybe they don't have a driver's license yet or they need help obtaining that. Child care is another big barrier that we are recognizing. You're absolutely learning things from different plants. We have partnered with a vegetable processing plant in Genesee County called Norterra, and they've been wonderful. They they take interns, and that really helps the high school students specifically. But again, when you work outside of dairy, does that help you really open your eyes to see what's really going on in dairy and give you a little bit of perspective? I absolutely think it does. Um, for me personally, I have five years of teaching experience, four of those which were in a high school agricultural program, and one year was in an equine program at the post-secondary level. Knowing what I know about agriculture as a whole was really big, and knowing what I know about education and the importance of educating is important. That's sort of what drew me to this position, and I knew that I would be able to blend my knowledge and skill set of education and agriculture to better the dairy industry, which is a very important thing for me. Dairy farmers are listening to this. Tell them a little bit about why it's so important. We absolutely do need the workforce. Part of what I'm doing with my colleagues, just working to connect the general public with these positions and to help grow their workforce so that when the dairy farmers are sending their milk off, there's companies and facilities that will take that milk so that we can, in turn, be feeding the population. It's such an important thing to have the workforce filled in these processing plants. What's on the drawing board for the future? A lot of things. It's sort of one of those trial and error situations. Moving forward, we hope to continue with our boot camp initiative and travel to different parts of the state, focusing on plants that need us the most. And again, whether it's sort of attracting that high school cohort or adult, also hoping to work with some of the immigrant refugee populations as they absolutely need work positions. And this could be an ideal situation for many of them. The big thing to keep in mind is it's not necessarily a position that everyone is capable of doing. And that's because it's 
it's a really high physical demand. So that's something that we also educate our participants on when they attend our boot camp. That doesn't mean there's not a position for them within the plant. The opportunities are unending, whether it's on the production floor, whether it's working in maintenance, even in the office, they need HR reps as well. So any number of things. Tell us who you interact with at the plant. If, if there's a dairy plant in the state, how do you interact with them and, and who do you talk to? So specifically, we'll talk with the plant manager. We also talk with the HR specialist within that specific plant to understand their needs so that we know how to best target our participants and recruit for people to join the boot camp so that we can connect them with these plants. But the plant manager is probably the most important because they need to be on board. They need to exhibit that they do have a workforce shortage so that they can accept that we are here to help. Are you working with people who are applying to plants or do you in any case work with train people who are already have positions at the plant? So that's an interesting question. Um, Part of what my team at Cornell does, so the Dairy Foods Extension team, they work with the existing employees. They offer trainings all throughout the year. Uh, If somebody wants to learn more about this or direct people there, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me would be via email tp393 at cornell.edu. Also, I would highly suggest looking on the cornell.edu website. Just search Dairy Foods Extension and you will find tons of resources that could be applicable to what you're looking for. Taylor Pelcher, workforce specialist with the Dairy Foods Extension team at Cornell University. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. I'm John Clark, traveling the countryside for Feedworks USA. It's another Ag News update. Does U.S. Ag really have a great story to tell? More after this. Brian! I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. What is it, Linda? I think we should see other people. Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster? Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together. An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. I just need a little me time. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Greg Dowd is the former chief trade negotiator with the U.S. Trade Representative's office. We're in the food business. We're about protein. And if you look out 10 years in the future and look all around the world in terms of the supply and demand of protein, the supply of protein actually, when I'm talking about beef, pork, poultry, dairy, comes nowhere near meeting the demand. And if you have traveled and looked around like I have and and studied this, really the only place on earth that can grow more of this stuff is here in the United States, here in North America. Asia, China, South America a little bit, the Europeans are going backwards. Our opportunity to grow more value-added beef, pork, poultry, dairy in the United States is second to none. And so my charge uh, is is part of the Gardner Lecture has been, uh, let's go. Let's get after this. Our better days are ahead of us. Here at K-State and Kansas City, between us, we've got the Animal Health Corridor, we've got NBAF. These are the critical pieces of the puzzle of the future of this in terms of technology in uh, making protein and in animal agriculture. We've got the technology, we've got the the water and the and the, uh, the grain and everything we need to do this. Let's get after it. Dowd, now CEO of the National Milk Producers. It's another Ag News Update. Are you looking for a new opportunity? 
The King Ranch Institute for Ranch Management's Ranch Manager Job Board is open. With jobs posted from Texas, Idaho, New Mexico, Nebraska, Colorado, New York, Montana, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Oregon, Florida, even Mexico. Or are you looking for someone to manage a ranch? Find out more at the King Ranch Institute for Ranch Management online, krirm.com. American Cattle News. How soon before we start rebuilding the U.S. herd? More after this. Ryan! I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. What is it, Linda? I think we should see other people. Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster? Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together. An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. I just need a little me time. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. How soon till we start rebuilding the herd? Brady Miller with Texas Cattle Feeders. In parts of the region, we are starting to see herd rebuilding. Nationally, overall, we're not. We're not seeing any type of retain of retainment of, of heifers yet. And when we say, okay, word to the, we bottomed out, the cycle bottom, we're going to start rebuilding the market. Uh, that will occur when we start retaining heifers, and that will happen pretty quick. In the last drought, in 11, 12, 13, 14, we learned just how fast we could rebuild this herd when the market signal is giving to do so. Today we're not quite there. I think Mother Nature, in some of the regions we are, but Mother Nature is still playing havoc in some of the regions. And and we got to look at as well, the region of where the cattle are, and right now on the cow-calf side, about 55% of the cow herd has been affected by drought. And that's why this one has been so severe, because it's hit the region with most of the cows are being grown. And so with all that being said, once we start seeing heifers retained overall nationally, then we can say we bottom them out. And then we'll have about two years of kind of flat, what I'm going to call flat. And then we'll start building and we'll see that curve go upward. So, uh, I mean, like you said, and it just, it is what it is. I don't, we don't like to talk about, you know, how well everything is going because we're still not there yet. Uh, we're still need some moisture. We still got to have some rain. La Nina is on the way out. Well, Nino is on its way in um, and we're expecting to see that you know over the winter we're hoping to see some winter moisture that will get us started in in the spring next year and we're hoping that's when we'll start seeing some retainment of uh, wide uh, retainment of heifers american cattle news power talk 96.7 and am 1400 burden of guilt a brand new true crime podcast that tells the harrowing story of tracy raquel burns a woman who spent four decades at the center of one of the most bizarre and disturbing cases in american history was she responsible for the mysterious death of her baby brother i was told that matthew died in an accident and no one really talked about it really tough family dynamics fueled much of what happened in this case. Listen to Burden of Guilt on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You only have one body. So when it comes to keeping your skin healthy, accept only the best at Boswell Dermatology. Call Boswell Dermatology today at 559-439-3000. Boswell Dermatology, treating your skin with compassion and expertise. This is the place where you can dance like nobody's watching, win like nobody's business, and get away like you mean it. So come join the party. 
This action can't be beaten. Want to know how to get the same cell coverage for up to half the cost? Well, instead of spending a fortune building and maintaining their own cell phone towers, Consumer Cellular just pays to use the same towers as the largest carriers and passes the savings on to you. Pretty smart, huh? Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5GB data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon in May 2023. Jesse Kelly here. Do you feel protected? My personal protection plan is owning gold. The Oxford Gold Group helps you buy gold to have on hand or convert it into your 401k. If things get weird, I have gold on hand. I like that. You can buy coins or convert part of your 401k with the Oxford Gold Group. It's easy and safe. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. The iHeartRadio app and the NFL right in your pocket. The home of the NFL Podcast Network, covering all 32 NFL teams, plus all the expert advice to win your fantasy league. And, of course, live NFL games. Touchdown! Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Free never sounded so good. You get to the top, get hooked in, and then you look over the edge. I was like, no way am I jumping off this tower. I'm staying right here. I'm like, am I ever going to be good enough to be a Marine? When it was all said and done, watching the color guard raise the American flag, I thought, I am a United States Marine. PFC Keith Polka knows you don't join the Marines, you become one. Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. Power Talk, 96.7 and AM 1400. Naval orange worm, the number one pest in almonds. I'm Patrick Cavanaugh with the California Tree Nut Report, part of the Vast Ag Information Network. Joel Siegel is a USDA ARS entomologist based at a station in Kearney, California, Fresno County. He talks about recent meetings that he's been to. People were finally grabbing me and telling me their sad stories. And a couple of them, these were big operations. They were doing two sprays and almonds. They were doing mating disruption. But there were sectors that were getting double-digit damage because what they felt were their neighbors. Fighting with their neighbors over naval orange worm control strategies? It doesn't matter how virtuous you are if someone's doing something totally in the reverse and they're separated but by all of 80 feet from your operation, you're going to be in trouble. We asked Siegel, well, what do you do? I would just encourage people to listen to their PCAs and actually act on the recommendations as they are written. And with that, I'd say I'm about all I have to say. That's Joel Siegel, an entomologist for USDA ARS based in Fresno County. And more news, herbicide damage to young almond trees less than two years old has been observed. Those special cartons put around the trunk should protect those trees, but many growers take them off early or the tree outgrows them. Other research has shown that those cartons really don't protect the trees, so just be careful with the herbicides. Don't let costly lepidopter and pests wreak havoc this season. Shield your yield with FMC. Strengthen your almond IPM program with Avant Evo Insect Control at Mummy Spray, followed by an application of Alticore Evo Insect Control at Hole Split. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. The best place to reach a farmer with a farming solution message is when they're 
Well, farming. It's easy to find them during the day as most farmers are behind the wheel of their pickup truck or farm equipment with the radio on, listening to this station for the Ag Information Network of the West News. So reach real farmers right here, right now, as they listen to what's important to their farm operation. Give us a call and we'll connect you with our local farming community. They trust us, so they'll trust you. With the Ag Information Network, I'm Patrick Cavanaugh. Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Feeling the pressure of a leaking hydraulic hose or damaged adapter? Visit Tico's Hose Fabrication Center. Now with expedited walk-in counter service Monday through Friday with the Valley's largest selection of hydraulic hoses, fittings, and adapters. Tico can help keep your operation running. Mention this ad for 15% off your first hose assembly. A proud partner of Continental Industrial Fluid Solutions. Visit Tico at 4620 North Blythe Avenue in Fresno. Call 833-403-HOSE or online at TECOtechnology.com. The Fresno Madeira Agency on Aging's The Linkages Care Management Program serves people age 60 and over experiencing increasing difficulty with physical or cognitive functions, have health conditions or other complex needs that put them at high risk for placement in a long-term care facility. The Fresno Madera Agency on Aging's care managers work with you to determine what you need and then create and implement a plan for your services. Call 559-214-0299 or visit fmaaa.org to see if a care management program is right for you. A lot of Central Valley businesses would agree that it's getting harder to find new customers. After all, it's one thing to run a business and another to grow it. But what if you had access to everyone listening in the Central Valley area right now? As the number one audio company in America and market leader in the Central Valley, iHeartMedia gives you access to all the customers you need to grow at a fraction of the cost of digital, video, and social advertising, but with twice the reach. Get started today. Go to iHeartAdvertising.com. In this week's Marketer's Report, Dana Nussbaum, Executive Vice President, Worldwide Marketing at Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on regional audio marketing and the movies. Everything that we are doing is incredibly data-driven. We are getting signals in every single day about how specific audiences are performing. So although we're marketing at a very broad scale, and that does include specific local markets, that's really the beauty of iHeart's network. You're not serving the same message to a consumer in Nashville necessarily that you may be in New York. You have the ability to be very specific and very personalized, but at a tremendous scale. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives marketers access to all, from national to local. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. If you're a marketer, go to iHeartResults.com. The Fresno Mission is inviting you to mark your calendars for November 18th for a remarkable event at the newly renovated City Center Campus. The Fresno Mission in the Central Community Food Bank invite you to be a part of the third annual One Table Fresno. They're serving up 2,000 hearty steak meals, providing 2,000 warm coats and 1,500 take-home meals to those in need. This is your chance to make a difference. For more information, visit FresnoMission.org. One purpose, one cause, one table. Brought to you by iHeartMedia Communities. Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. This is Ag Life on Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Welcome back to Ag Life. I'm David Geiger here with some more farm news. Getting young people involved in agriculture is not just a priority here. It's a global concern. At the World Food Prize, the Global Youth Institute hosted a panel on empowering the youth. Speaker at that panel was Kenneth Mongero with the Fun and Education Global Network. 
He introduced himself as Ken from Kenya and Dr. Fun. His philosophy? Let's have some classroom fun on science, biology of insects, and look at everything and explore and play around and more so coming up with innovations. Monjero says it takes a lot of effort to engage youth in agriculture. You have to attract these young people to know the reality of food security. They have to do like seeing and believing tours. They have to be mentored. We have to sit down with them and really look at uh, how can we engage them on especially technology. Young people are ready and hands-on in terms of technology. Another approach to draw in young people is to elevate their voice by providing opportunities. Fellowships in terms of grants, in terms of, you know, really literally bringing them to show the world that they can actually do something in agriculture. And more so, they are looking at money. So if you can make them see agribusiness part of agriculture then actually they will invest in because they know at the end of it they're going to address food security and at the same time earn incomes. Career development is important, according to Monjero, and they're working on ways to better empower young learners. And as we talk now, there are young learners who have come to participate in the World Food Prize. That shows that there is immense opportunity to attract and engage young people into food security and more so agriculture. Many young people came to the World Food Prize with their expertise and ideas. Monjero says giving platforms to them alongside experts is empowering. And we have seen lots of immense ideas that we can actualize and pick and fund and get it to the next level. The Fund and Education Global Network was founded two years ago. Monjero says they aim to attract youth into science, engaging with schools from primary to university. The problem is science doesn't always look cool. I go to a classroom and I blow the liquid nitrogen cloud and everyone is like, whoa, we are on clouds, we are on clouds. And that's how it provokes them. Yes, let's study how rain forms and what affects rain formation and what are these man's activities that are contributing towards climate change and what should we do to change those activities in terms of climate smart and all that. Monjero says engagement will get young people to innovate and design. The next step is empowering them to share. And that is how we're going to get so many innovations, so many inventions, and getting the young ones to be involved. Again, Dr. Fun himself, Kenneth Mongero with the Fun and Education Global Network. You can find them on social media or www.fegne.org. Well, let's jump into the Agriculture Law and Tax Report with Roger McCohen. This is the Agricultural Law and Tax Report. I'm Roger McCohen. Farmers use the public roadways to move farm machinery and equipment. Sometimes mailboxes present issues. What are the rules for placement of mailboxes along rural roads? What if you hit one? I'll be back in a moment to discuss. Kansas State University consistently ranks in the top 10 of all ag schools. 97% of K-State ag graduates are employed or furthering their education. Learn more at ag.ksu.edu. I'll get back to the report in a moment, but I want you to know that Schrader Real Estate and Auction Company has sold farm to ranch land and farm equipment in 40 states. Learn how the Schrader family can help your family. Visit SchraderAuction.com. That's S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R Auction.com. The U.S. Postal Service has rules for placement of mailboxes. Generally, a mailbox must be 41 to 45 inches above the road surface and 6 to 8 inches from the edge of the road. It also cannot be a fixed object that won't break away when it is struck. The meaning of edge of the road depends on state law. Shoulder is defined differently from state to state. Each state also has regulations governing the weight and size of farm equipment that can travel public roads. 
Sometimes those limitations are lifted during planting and harvesting seasons, and unique exemptions might apply in certain situations. What if you accidentally hit a mailbox with your farm equipment? A mailbox is federal property, but criminal charges apply only if you intentionally or maliciously destroy a mailbox. State law will typically require you to notify the property owner and local police. Also, there might be local regulations that apply. But if you're operating your farm equipment and machinery on the public roads within the applicable rules and happen to strike a mailbox, paying for the damage is probably the worst that will happen to you. This has been the Agricultural Law and Tax Report. I'm Roger McOwen. Thanks, Roger. Well, make sure to stick around. Bob Quinn will be back with more farm news and updates. Before him is Corinne LaRue with California Ag Today. I'm David Geiger. You're listening to Ag Life. This is Corinne LaRue of the Ag Information Network with California Ag Today. California's new property insurance legislation aims to bolster the insurance market for homeowners. Put simply, insurance companies that have ceased coverage in wildfire-prone regions of the state will now find it possible to raise premium rates within those areas. For a little background, California homeowners who can't find insurance in the private market have the option of the FAIR plan, which serves as a last resort provider for fire coverage. Now, this plan is funded by a fee imposed on regulated insurers. And from 2018 to 2022, the number of homeowners relying on the fair plan more than doubled covering about 3% of all homeowners. However, fair plan policies are costly and come with limitations. And if the fair plan depletes its funds, it's legally obligated to replenish them by imposing an additional charge on major insurers. So the possibility of the fair plan running short of funds and transferring that cost to the industry has also prompted insurance companies to reduce their coverage. San Luis Obispo County Farm Bureau's Executive Director, Brent Burchett. California's insurance of last resort, it's very, very cost prohibitive, but it is better than not having coverage at all. For over 40 years, the Ag Information Network has been providing news and information for the most important industry in the world, agriculture. The Ag Information Network gives you worldwide updates from local producers to regional organizations, from major crops like wheat and corn to animal agriculture to specialty crops like apples, almonds, and cherries. We report on stories that mean the most to you. Online at aginfo.net, the Ag Information Network, trusted and transparent journalism lasting for the next generation. Don't let costly lepidopter and pests wreak havoc this season. Shield your yield with FMC. Strengthen your almond IPM program with Avant Evo Insect Control at Mummy Spray, followed by an application of Alticore Evo Insect Control at Hole Split. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. For California Ag Today, I'm Corinne LaRue with the Ag Information Network. Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. AC Heat and Plumbing, you just call Lease. It's easy as calling Lease. Lease AC, Lease AC, Plumbing and Heat, yeah. Okay, kids, let's all say one thing we're thankful for, all right? Now, for me, I'm thankful for all the nice days I spend playing with you guys. I'm thankful for our dog, Leo. I'm thankful for Mom and Dad because they can call the guy who changes their old air conditioning. Cheers to that, right? 
Listen to your kid and call Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating today. This November, enjoy 18 months of no interest and no payment, same as cash for new HVAC units and water heaters. Let Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating turn into your child's favorite superhero. For a free estimate, call Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating at 559-785-1212. CLM number 635-355. AC Heat and Plumbing, you just call Lee's. It's easy as calling Lee's. Lee's AC, Lee's AC, Plumbing and Heat, yeah. Lee's AC! Hey, Jen. Sorry I'm late. I had to stop for gas. Yeah, I can't believe how much it costs for gas now. I know. Everyone's still talking about how much gas is, but I never pay full price. I just use the free Upside app, and I get cash back for every gallon of gas I buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid real cash when you buy gas on the Upside app? Yeah. I earn back up to 25 cents a gallon every time I buy gas. What? That sounds like it could really add up. It sure does. I've made over $300 already. Wow. That's serious extra money. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code IHEART1 for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal or an e-gift card. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code IHEART1 for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code IHEART1 for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. Cash back is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Identity theft shows no signs of slowing down. In fact, more than $29 billion were stolen last year alone. That's a criminal success story and a wake-up call for everyone else. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock makes it easy to help protect yourself if you become a victim. A dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Join now and save up to 25% your first year with my name, Clay, as your promo code at LifeLock.com, promo code Clay. In 1800, Elma Sands is murdered, and her accused lover hires Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr as his defense. Through flashbacks and recreated testimony, Erased, the murder of Elma Sands, True Story Podcast, explores how this case impacted the sexist roots of today's justice system. Can we make this simpler? I don't need anything simplified, Mr. Hamilton. Thank you. Listen to Erased, the murder of Elma Sands on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Farm News on Ag Life, sponsored by Bear Crop Science. This is Ag Life on Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Bob Quinn back with some farm news this morning, friends. Well, a temporary spending bill to avert a government shutdown this month is looking more like the legislative vehicle to extend the already expired farm bill. But one ag senator says farmers shouldn't look for any extra help. Iowa's Chuck Grassley says an extension is coming. If the continued resolution takes us into next year or into December, I guess you're going to have to have the extension uh, on this continuing resolution. Given its unlikely 12 appropriations bill will be passed by then, but still in question is the length of any farm bill extension. Some have proposed 18 months to get the farm bill out of this Congress, but not Grassley. I think that it won't be 18 months because that goes beyond uh, the tenure of Chairman Stabenow, and I'm sure she's going to want a farm bill left before she a pass before she leaves Congress. Grassley's predicted a one-year extension, but adds it won't likely include interim relief to fix outdated price supports and triggers. Whether it's the farm bill or higher education or anything else that needs to be extended, 
uh, in a continued resolution, it's pretty darn hard to get any changes made. I, I'm not arguing with the fact that they need more, but if you start making changes, I don't know where you stop. Others, including the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, have suggested there could be adjustments. A look this morning now at the cattle market. A swing in cattle inventories is coming as the market shifts to a rebuilding phase. Michael Clements has a story for us this morning. USDA released a bearish cattle on feed report in October, showing cattle on feed at 11.5 million head, the second highest figure on record. Barrett Nelson, American Farm Bureau Federation economist, explains what this means for cattle markets going forward. We have a lot of cattle that are being placed on feed, and a very high percentage, near 40% of those cattle are still heifers. In the short run, this means that we're going to have a very high supply of cattle coming to market at one point in time. But in the long run, this takes a lot of cattle out of the market that could have otherwise been held back for replacements. Replacements are what help rebuild herds following a dip in herd size. Replacement heifers are basically the planting intentions of the cattle business. So when we have less of those replacement heifers being held back to produce calves, we ultimately have a smaller inventory. We've been going through this for a couple of years now, but now as this happens, we're looking at 2024 at the earliest before we can even consider starting to replace this cattle herd. Nelson says consumers will likely feel the pinch of higher beef prices next year. So what this means for consumers is record beef prices in 2024 and 2025. A lot of the economy situations, we're talking about recession, we're still talking about inflation and where our money's at, are going to dictate the ability of the economy to sustain these high beef prices or if consumers will start switching over to other substitutes like pork and chicken. Learn more on the Market Intel page at FB.org. Michael Clements, Washington. Well, friends, the United States Senator Rand Paul is showing his support for keeping AM radio on the dials of new vehicles. When asked about the effort mounted by the National Association of Broadcasters, National Association of Farm Broadcasting, and other groups, Senator Paul says he supports what AM radio stations are doing across the country. I've always been a big fan of AM radio. love being on this AM radio. like being on AM radio really across the United States. It's really been a good... Uh, I think a uh, point for open and clear debate and allows for sort of a longer discussion format than um, than you get sometimes on television. Um, I think most communities like it. I mean, you're able to talk about agricultural news, all kinds of stuff that affects your part of the state because you have a little more time on AM radio. There are more than 4,470 AM radio stations across the country. Well, friends, the South Dakota Secretary of Agriculture and Natural Resources is a member of a group from the United States that is currently on a trade mission in Singapore and Malaysia. Hunter Roberts says there's a lot of export potential for South Dakota in that part of the world. Our dairy industry continues to grow. That part of Southeast Asia is growing in population. Uh, They have a growing economy. People are doing better. Yes, in my experience, when you do better, you, you eat more cheese and dairy and eat more beef. And we produce a lot of those in South Dakota. So that's where we're going there. Certainly soybean meal, food products are also Malaysia's very established at taking kind of semi-processed or unprocessed food products and turning them into finished food products. So it just makes sense for us to go there. It's, it's really the gateway to the Southeast Asia, which is a growing economy and, and growing opportunity for our state. A trade mission organized by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Foreign Ag Service. Some farm news this morning. You're listening to AgLife. Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. 
Burden of Guilt, a brand new true crime podcast that tells the harrowing story of Tracy Raquel Burns, a woman who spent four decades at the center of one of the most bizarre and disturbing cases in American history. Was she responsible for the mysterious death of her baby brother? I was told that Matthew died in an accident and no one really talked about it. Really tough family dynamics fueled much of what happened in this case. Listen to Burden of Guilt on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. From the Ag Information Network, I'm Bob Larson with your agribusiness update. Farmers, ranchers, and tribal members who rely on water from the Scott and Shasta River watersheds turned out recently to offer insights to California officials considering an emergency regulation to set minimum flows on tributaries. The informational workshop on October 6th in Sacramento came in response to a July 1st petition by the Karuk tribe. The petition seeks permanent minimum in-stream flows to prevent the extinction of coho salmon. The four largest meat packers were hit by a new price-fixing lawsuit from a group of small food distributors. Filed October 9th in U.S. District Court, the plaintiffs say the price-fixing dates back to at least 2015 and includes Cargill, JBS, Tyson, and National Beef Packing Company. They say the big four exploited their market power by conspiring to limit supply of beef sold to U.S. wholesale purchasers, resulting in higher prices. Farm lending activity slowed further in the third quarter alongside a drop in operating loan volumes. The number of non-real estate farm loans was flat compared to a year ago, while the average size shrank almost 70%, the amount of operating loans over a million dollars, most notably. The Kansas City Fed says lending has softened alongside significant increase in farm loan interest rates, putting considerable upward pressure on financing costs. The best place to reach a farmer with a farming solution message is when they're Well, farming. It's easy to find them during the day as most farmers are behind the wheel of their pickup truck or farm equipment with the radio on, listening to this station for the Ag Information Network of the West News. So reach real farmers right here, right now, as they listen to what's important to their farm operation. Give us a call and we'll connect you with our local farming community. They trust us, so they'll trust you. For over 40 years, the Ag Information Network has been providing news and information for the most important industry in the world, agriculture. The Ag Information Network gives you worldwide updates from local producers to regional organizations, from major crops like wheat and corn to animal agriculture to specialty crops like apples, almonds, and cherries. We report on stories that mean the most to you. Online at aginfo.net, the Ag Information Network, trusted and transparent journalism lasting for the next generation. Get the equipment and trucks you need at Ritchie Brothers Los Angeles Auction, November 16th and 17th. Bid online on close to 3,000 items. For details, visit rbauction.com. Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. In this week's Marketer's Report, we learn about the value of local influencers in uncertain times. From Allison Griffin, head of marketing at State Farm. The economy is tough for everyone. And taking a step back and understanding the pain that your customers are currently going through because of a tough environment is really important. We have 19,000 agents across the country and they understand what's going on in those very unique communities. 
iHeart has such a broad broadcast reach that is local, connected, and for us to be able to touch customers with a local feel but at a national scale is so efficient and important for us. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives marketers access to all, from national to local. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. If you're a marketer, go to iHeartResults.com. Feeling the pressure of a leaking hydraulic hose or damaged adapter? Visit Tico's Hose Fabrication Center. Now with expedited walk-in counter service Monday through Friday with the Valley's largest selection of hydraulic hoses, fittings, and adapters. Tico can help keep your operation running. Mention this ad for 15% off your first hose assembly. A proud partner of Continental Industrial Fluid Solutions. Visit Tico at 4620 North Blythe Avenue in Fresno. Call 833-403-HOSE or online at TECO-technology.com. Bad decisions limit future options. Stop adversity from becoming stress. Listen to The Flot Line with host Rick Hughes. Sunday mornings at 830 here on Power Talk. Learn problem-solving devices built on God's Word. The Flot Line, Sunday mornings at 830. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. Power Talk, 96.7 and AM 1400. Bob Quinn back to wrap up Ag Life for today, friends. Well, what will dominate weather this winter? Rod Bain has our final report. What is the outlook for our nation's weather conditions for the winter of 2023-24? USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's forecast for winter weather indicates that... The big story for the United States for the winter of 2023-24 is that we are looking at El Nino being in place for the first time in five years. So as a reminder how El Nino previously impacted U.S. weather patterns, that winter, Rippy starts with a near nationwide wet pattern going into the spring of 2019. Number one being we dipped to a record low drought coverage, just over 2% of the country in drought in the spring of 2019. And we also saw extensive flooding in all three of the major river basins, the Mississippi, the Ohio, and the Missouri. One difference between this coming winter and the winter of five years ago. We have a lot more drought across the country heading into winter, so we're not quite expecting the same outcome in terms of the flooding and the wetness. But hopefully we can start chipping away at this expansive drought that currently covers roughly 40% of the lower 48 states as we head into the cold season. Now in terms of practical weather for the U.S. in the winter months. Typically during El Nino, we see a weakening of the northern jet stream, the polar jet stream, and a strengthening of the southern or subtropical jet stream. So regarding temperatures. A lot of the country tends to be quite mild, quite warm during El Nino winters. That is especially true across the northern half of the United States, extending all the way from parts of California and the Pacific Northwest through the northern plains, the Midwest, the Great Lakes states, and the Northeast. So we are expecting mild weather. While in the nation's southern tier, we tend to see more rainfall and cloudiness. So temperatures may cue a little bit closer to what we would expect to be normal for this time of year. But that really just means it'll be cloudy and rainy and not particularly cold. Rippy reminds us that even with El Nino covering much of the country this winter, both temperatures and precipitation 
can vary from day to day. We still can have significant cold outbreaks during El Nino, but they tend to be short-lived events, so hopefully not a sustained pattern of bitter cold. El Nino in winter also leads to less than normal precipitation in much of the north and an active storm track through a southern stretch from California to the east coast. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. With that, friends, we're out of time for today. Thanks for joining us. Back tomorrow morning with another edition of Ag Life.